Okay, back again. We had some technical issues there. Uh, but uh, we were discussing uh, just the general dearth of receivers <laughs> with the Bears. And um, one of the uh, statistics I saw was so far up to the Steelers game, Fields was 8 of 25 on passes uh, traveling more than 20 yards, which is complete opposite of his metrics coming out of college. Uh, that was one of the reasons I was mostly, uh, was one of the reasons that I was super excited about Fields because he, by far, is, for his metrics downfield, measured out even above Trevor Lawrence. Um, but I think that you look more at the pieces around him rather than uh, judging him on those numbers at this point. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that I've noticed about Fields is that he is pretty good at putting a ball uh, in a position where only his receivers can catch it, right? Like, I haven't seen a ton of balls in harm's way um, or throws that it looks like, wow, the defensive back could have easily jumped that and yeah. turn over, right? Like, obviously he's not been perfect, but that's one thing I've noticed about him. And so... When that you was think certainly about, uh, a Cutler trademark. Oh, yeah. And, like, when you think about these receivers that are on the team, a lot of times they're not getting a ton of separation. They're not they're not open, especially downfield. A lot of times Fields doesn't have a ton of time to throw, so if he's throwing the ball deep, he's probably on the run, right? So the, the talent around him is just not conducive to having a lot of explosive plays downfield. Right. And, you know, could he take some more risks? Yeah, maybe as we see him continue to develop. He, he will get more comfortable trying to throw the ball into some of those tight windows. But, yeah, I mean, so far we just haven't really seen a lot of of those longer plays completed. We saw a few against the Steelers, which was really encouraging. You hope to see more uh, as, you know, the schedule. He was able to uh, he was able to make the defense. Uh, you We were talking last week about how the defense is, like, literally two feet from the line of scrimmage, you know. Yeah. But he was able to make them back off some. Yeah, I mean, he was getting out of the pocket really well, too. As the weeks have gone on, it seems like he's gotten more confident pulling the ball down and running, which is good. Uh, He got absolutely laid out. Uh, But, you know, luckily that didn't seem to discourage him. I mean, it just seems like he's getting more comfortable. Another one that was mighty questionable. Yeah, I I thought that one was okay. It looked like it got him in the chest. I'd I'd have to go back and watch it again. But, you know, the the thing that I'm enjoying is just week after week, it just seems like he's the game's slowing down a little bit for him. I mean, and I think that was really apparent on Monday night and you just hope that it continues because the schedule's not easy after the bye, but in terms of quality of defenses, you're not going to be facing the Steelers or the Bucks or some of these other teams that have really given the Bears fits so far. I think you're going to see some opportunities for Fields to put up some points. I don't know if you'll see a lot of Bears wins because the teams that you're going to be going against tend to have really good offenses, whether it's the Ravens or the Cardinals or, or the Seahawks now that Russell Wilson's coming back. But there's going to be opportunities for Fields to continue to put up some numbers, so hopefully we see that. And really that's what we're all looking for, uh, to watch Fields uh, develop more um, and expand those weapons that he has. Uh, it's incredible uh, once he gets out there and gets some rhythm uh, that uh, the announcers, you know, brought it brought rhythm up quite a bit. And I, I felt like fairly uh, because he definitely produces better once he gets that uh, going for him. Of course, with the 
issues around him, it's it's hard for that to happen. Uh, it's not conducive for any quarterback to play all that well when you have a second and a half before somebody's in your face. Um, and really, that's not that far off from the truth, right? So, I mean, we need to, we, we want to see some changes as far as that is concerned come the offseason. It's not going to happen for us not right now. But he's certainly, uh, in, in a one-man stand, uh, is, is pushing back. Uh, like you said, just the uh, vision to see, you know what, heck with this. I'm tired of getting my ass kicked back here. I'm going to light you up a little bit. And he's shown that uh, if you do give him that six inches of daylight, uh, he's going to burn you. Yeah, I, I I think so. And one thing that I'd like to see a lot in the second half of the season is enough of the, the plays that are just completely dead on arrival. Like this past week, the bootleg that got completely <laughs> blown up by T.J. Watt. Like, who is looking at that and thinking before the ball is snapped, yes, I want to run a naked bootleg to the side of the line where T.J. Watt is unblocked. Like, somebody has to call a timeout or change the play or do something because you don't have to be that smart of a football mind to realize that that play is just not going to work. I mean, getting clever, they, they got, getting cute. Yeah, the guy, the guy was in the backfield and had fields in his grasp before he even had a chance to turn his head and look downfield. Right, like those plays, and and we've seen so many of them where just it's completely dead from jump. Like that's got to stop one way or another. Right. Uh, the, another one that bugs me is they get a good run run up the gut. So then they want to go do the exact same thing right again. It's like you're not fooling anybody. To me, that next play screams play action. Yes. You know, uh, or uh, like uh, one of the things that we were talking about is bubble screen, right? Yeah. Yeah, do a little lob bubble screen, right? It's just to mix it up. Not not off center, not off guard. You just did that. You got a successful play out of it. We're in second and six, second and seven. Do something else. Yeah, or when you are having success running the ball, don't start then running play action out of the shotgun. Run play <laughs> action out of the formation that has been successful in the running game, right? Like... Things like that just don't feel like they should be that complicated. That's because they're and, incongruent. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, so like, uh, man, you know, it's just like this This coaching staff is so dumb, man. Like, they just are so annoying. I mean, even even in games when you're seeing fields play better, there's still plays where you're just like, oh, man, what so, is going so, on there? So let's let's talk about that a little bit, right? And I'm not... I'm not saying just to beat down on the coaches, but I mean, when you look, uh, one of the things that I have been thinking about is uh, in the off season, obviously some changes have to be made. I, you know, if, if the ownership doesn't see that, then we're really in the mud. Uh, but they, there's, uh, to me, there's no way that they can keep Matt Nagy. I don't think so. I mean, if you look at the way this is shaping out, I mean, the Bears 
win total in Vegas right now, I think is down to five and a half, right? So if you finish with five or six wins, miss the playoffs, uh, and you know, it's, I mean, it's what chance been, do you think of we we have making the playoffs? Oh, zero. Yeah. But like, if they come out and win, you know, a couple of unexpected games, maybe you can get to like seven or eight wins, and then you can say, hey, we made progress in the second half. Fields is developing. Like, that's the only argument you don't I can see. Feel so bad about not having a first round pick. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> that. That's the only real argument I could see to keep Nagy. I mean, I guess to me, the the the. the the key decision point is how Justin Fields thinks about it, right? Like, I understand he's a rookie. I understand that he probably shouldn't have that level of input, but honestly, he's the most important person in the franchise, right? So by far, if, if he if he thinks that Nagy is the right guy to you know coach him up for the next ten years, then maybe you do run it back. But based on what we've seen so far, it doesn't seem like Fields would think that, is, right? That sounds like a scary concept. I agree, right? So like. <laughs> I, I think Nagy, the most likely scenario is that Bears kind of end the year with, what, six wins and, and he gets fired. I, I mean, I'm literally at the point with Nagy where I would be okay if he got fired like now. Well, I, I, I don't really want him to talk to Justin Fields anymore. <laughs> no, I mean, I would have fired him last year, to be clear. Like, I, I, don't, I don't have much confidence in him at all. But if if... You do see progress from Fields, which we already have. Now, you can argue about whether or not that's because of or in spite of Matt Nagy, right? <laughs> like, that's that's a fair discussion to have. But, you know, that's the only way I think he keeps his job is if over these last seven games, Fields just plays really well and, you know, in exit interviews or whatever, Fields says, hey, Nagy taught me this, this, and this. Now, with the Bears, right? It's always the question of, like, who's conducting the exit interview? Yeah. Like, who, who's qualified to be having those discussions with <laughs> the quarterback to evaluate the coach, right? So, I mean, that's that's when you just get into this weird dynamic the that interview. the Bears have, right? <laughs> so, like, I don't know. I don't – I mean, I would like Nagy to go. I, I would like to see somebody new in here, but I guess we'll see. I mean – they're not going to fire him during the year, obviously. I mean, you would have done it after the Cleveland game, yeah. probably. So, I guess we just have to wait and see how these last seven, seven no, games are. No, I don't games. think he's going to get fired during the year. But I just, I mean, realistically, I don't see how you can look at his body of work uh, from any any standpoint uh, other than the fact that he made the play, the team made the playoffs twice. Uh, which, I mean... I don't know about you, but I wasn't. Uh, I, I wasn't using my same Bears fervor that I have, uh, getting excited about the playoffs last year that I normally would. Uh, it just, it just felt so rinky dink. I missed the start of that playoff game because I was on a flight and I didn't even care. <laughs> like, I, I watch. I, I, I've watched every Bears game for the last 15 years. Like, I've watched every minute of every game, even when they're horrible. And, like, for that playoff I've game... I've already watched Game of Thrones three times. Yeah, like, and for, for that playoff game, I remember, like, I was in the air and the flight was going to land, like, 30 minutes after kickoff. And I'm just like, you know... I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) So that, that's, that tells you all you need to know about that, about that one. And then, I mean, the first year in 18 with all of the excitement and everything, you get into the playoffs and you score 15 points against a terrible defense. So, you know, making the playoffs twice is, is great. Right. But zero wins. You got beat by 
bowls <laughs> in that game. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That actually happened. Yeah, and you know, it, it doesn't seem like the Bears are a disciplined team now. They they have taken a ton of bad penalties. Yeah, have multiple times per game where offensively you're left scratching your head. I mean, we've had two games this year. He's a total failure on offense. Yeah, I mean, we've had two I games mean, this really? year that were completely incompetent. Yeah. Right? Like Tampa and Cleveland. Exactly. Like, you know, that's the thing is is that, I mean, you if you look at it realistically, you break it down. Where is the things that he was supposed to bring? Because... Uh, I mean, he's in last in everything. Oh, pardon me. The offense is in last in everything right now. And while I think the Bill Lazor experiment is all great, I, I just think that the whole the whole slate needs to be wiped clean. I'd be in favor of that. I mean, I, I think no matter what, if Nagy is back next year, then Bill Lazor can't be the offensive coordinator. Like you've got to hire somebody that is more of a offensive mind and and more you know more qualified to develop a, a young quarterback than Laser. We so need like, somebody that has worked with a quarterback with the attributes that Justin Fields has. Period. And I don't know who that guy is, but this time fit the coach to the most important player on the team and say, you know what? This candidate has worked with somebody that has elite speed. This guy has worked with somebody who has a strong arm who can put the ball 50 yards downfield. This guy has worked with somebody who wants to, I mean, I don't know about you, but I notice Fields, uh, not not just his, his leadership, but his... What seems to be un, uh, I'm 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 losing my 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 chain here. My his his just unquestioning desire to be out there in the field and trying to win. Yeah, he seems very resilient. I mean, he's resilient. Come, That's a great word. He's for it. he's come back from two horrible games. Like not horrible because of him necessarily, but when you talk about Cleveland and Tampa. He followed both of those up with good performances. Now, granted, one of them was against the Lions, so you're not going up against the best competition. But I've been really impressed with how he's responded from that beatdown in Tampa. Yeah. So, I, uh, I, unflappable. Yeah, maybe that's a better word for it. I mean, you see it even in games, right? Like when the Bears went down 14 to nothing on Monday, I was like, "Oh no, this is going <laughs> to be." Another one of these. I'm pretty sure that like na- seven million souls did that. Yeah, I'm like, this is gonna be another nationally televised beatdown. Like, this is gonna be 45 to six or something like that. And the fact that it didn't turn into that, and that the Bears actually had the lead with what a minute left to go. I mean, you can't give all of that to Fields. The Bears had some good luck there too. But hey, I mean, he he played really well and. Even in the game, after he took some big hits and made some bad plays and threw that one interception, like he just bounces back. I mean, we talked about it last week with with Trubisky, right? When things always seem to snowball, and once one thing goes wrong, right, it would just be downhill for the rest of the game, right? And Cutler, that, that's not what you're seeing with Fields, and, and that's what you like to see. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was you know that was the thing about Cutler was that. Uh, too many times you'd see two interceptions suddenly become three and then four. Mm-hmm. 
even five interceptions. And just because he was driving so hard to make the next play, it was that he wasn't paying attention to what he was what he was doing. And that's I, I think that is a pretty good word for it. unflappable. He does. I think that was evident on Monday night. Uh, he, it's like you said, he didn't come out there feeling all droopy, like <laughs> didn't have the rain cloud over his exactly, head. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. He came out like you know what, guys. Okay, so that's happened. This is what we're going to do now, and he really seems to have that. I swear, uh, every game other than the Cleveland game. I think that the Cleveland game, though, anybody would have been hard-pressed uh, in that game just because, I mean, who wants to go out and get your ass kicked for 60 minutes? I'm, so I mean, yeah, that, that Cleveland game, I mean, that's kind of on its own level. That might have been the most incompetently coached football game I've ever seen in my entire life. Perhaps. Like, if, when you think about the fact that the Bears had more than, you know, five blockers, like, twice. I mean, we don't have to. <laughs> we won't relive it. You can go back and listen to that podcast if you want. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, like, let's put that one aside. I mean, Tampa Bay, they're just so much better than the Bears, like, at almost every possible, you know, place that you can be better on a football field. I mean, other than that, I mean, it's looked pretty good so far. I mean, I know the Bears don't have wins to show for it. I mean, like we said, the roster sucks, right? Right. Like, Fields is a rookie. I understand he hasn't put together like a great g- game yet when you talk about four quarters, right? But it's getting better and better every week. And, you know, I, I guess that's one thing to be excited for going into, uh, you know, like, it, it, does it feel like adding the 17th game just makes the season feel like twice <laughs> as long? Like, I, I was walking out of the out of that game on Monday and I was like, we still have eight games left? Yes. <laughs> like, and and um, I... I feel like uh, during this bye week, well, I guess that not that I feel like this is what I'm hoping is just that I'd like to see him come out with a little bit more rally by the team themselves, not including the coaching staff, but the pieces around him, it's, you know, maybe step up and say, Hey, this kid is really performing. We got to do what, is right, and that is step up around him. I mean, I'll say this about the coaching staff. A theme with Matt Nagy is the more time he has to prepare for a game, the worse it goes. <laughs> like, I always try to avoid that. Like, they're, they're awful when you give them extra time. So, you know, that was all with Mitch, right? And Mitch has kind of gotten the reputation of the more information you give him, the, the worse he performs. Right. I don't think you'll have that problem with Justin Fields. Justin Fields is obviously a lot smarter than Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. You can just tell. So maybe that trend won't continue. And to your point, right, like it's going to say a lot about the rest of this team, right? I mean, this is a very veteran-heavy roster. Like these guys should be taking this bye week to look themselves in the mirror and say, hey, here, here's what I've been doing well. Here's what I've been doing poorly. I got to fix it going into the second half because, like, we can talk doom and gloom all we want about this schedule. I mean, it's brutal in the second half, but – you know, all of the focus should be 
we have to put together our best possible game against the Ravens, right? Well, the because... simple fact of the matter is, is you can look at the schedule, but you got to play an NFL team every week. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and you know, if, if you can find a way to beat the Ravens, I mean, the Vikings just took the Ravens to overtime, right? Like, the Ravens are really good, but they got blown out by Cincinnati. They went on the bye and, you know, let the Vikings take them to overtime in Baltimore. It's not like they're some juggernaut team. So if you can find a way to beat them at Soldier, and then you've got the Lions, then you're five and six, right? And you know I get it, five and six is not good, but then at least you're still uh, within shouting distance of a playoff spot in the NFC, right? So like, you know, if Fields continues to get better and this roster gets a little healthier over the bye, you know, I don't think the Bears are going to do anything. I'm sure that they're going to win like two games after the bye. But if you're in that locker room, you need to be coming out and playing this game against Baltimore like it's a must win. Absolutely. And I think uh, at least my vision of the second half is I just want to see that kid keep playing the way he is. I mean, at least I have interest. And I think if you got 100 Bears fans, I would think that better than 80 of them would be like, yeah, I'm excited to see the next game. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I'm way more excited about the second half than I would have been last year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's... So, these are the confusing bits, right? Uh, This is the scat. At the beginning of the season, everybody was screaming out, why aren't you just looking at putting the kid in right from the beginning? You know, they were talking about... A real possibility of this being the transition week. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I probably would have stopped watching after week three. <laughs> yeah. Can, can you <laughs> actually, actually, most likely Dalton would have been killed in the Cleveland game. Yeah, I mean, can you, can you imagine if it had been Dalton out there last night? I mean, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I mean, would have just been. I, I would have watched probably about three minutes of the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy we avoided that. And you're seeing progress. This is why, from the moment they drafted Justin Fields, I was like, you need to give him a chance to win that job week one. Because every week it seems like you're seeing something from Justin Fields that's demonstrating progression, right? Right. And and so, you know, you just wasted all that time at the beginning of the year when he could have been learning in training camp. He could have been learning in the preseason against first-string defenses, You know, he could have been out there those first two games, right? So, like, you know, we can't say whether or not, whether or not that impacted his development. It's possible that it didn't, but you just wasted time with Andy Dalton. I'm glad he only was out there for two games. I feel bad that he got hurt and that he lost his spot due to injury, but, like, you know. No, we didn't want to see that. Yeah, no, but it's like, you, you, you see why we were ranting and raving the entire time that the plan was for him to be the starter, right? Yeah. Because... I want to watch Justin Fields. Exactly. I, I, I hope that he stays healthy and that he plays every minute on offense for the rest of the season. I mean, that's the only thing I really want to see because the rest of this roster is not good. <laughs> so one thing that goes along with that is I've always said uh, that the hardest job in the NFL is to be the Bears quarterback. And a lot of people look at me sideways when I say that. But the thing is, is that with the size of the fan base, how old it is, the history with it, and especially the history surrounding quarterback with it, um, it always is scrutinized. It's scrutinized to a level that I don't really believe any other player has to deal with. 
maybe the only player that I, I would say is on the same level or close to the same level is the Jets quarterback. Um, but Bears quarterback certainly always in the national uh, picture, right? All Whatever it is, they're always in there, right? All you have to do is look at our quarterbacks and look at how many times that you've watched uh, people talk about it. And, like, nothing even happened that was that interesting. But the buzz around number one is crazy. And it's it's climbing. You notice that they're really not talking about any of the rest of the rookies that were drafted that much, right? I think Mac Jones is getting some because the Patriots are decent, Mm -hmm. right? I think that um, he's also got better pieces around him. Certainly, coaching is on a completely different level. But, I mean, really, are they talking about Trevor Lawrence? Are they talking about Zach Wilson? Not really. You know, I mean, uh, you know, they're talking about, uh, they were talking about Heineke, kind of, which, I mean, technically he wasn't a rookie, but nobody had ever heard of him. Um, You know, they were talking about uh, Cooper Rush, (laughs) right? Uh, so, it, it, when you look at it, the the excitement in the NFL, the the buzz right now, he's one of those top things. Absolutely. I mean, you said you said the Bears quarterbacks always a national punching bag, right? Always. Like, I mean, if you watch every nationally televised Bears game, you're going to get some sort of a black and white photo of Sid Luckman, right? <laughs> like, that's who people talk about when they're talking about Smoking Bears quarterbacks. So, like, you know, yeah, I mean, I, when was the last time Chicago was this excited about the quarterback? I mean, maybe the first year with Cutler, but you could kind of tell real quick that year that, like, uh-oh, I think his yeah. first game he threw, like, four interceptions. Yeah, the first game against the Packers. Yeah, and you're like, uh-oh. And then Mitch, you kind of never really... I wanted to cry during that game. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Yeah, so, I mean, like, you know, I, I'm excited. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a fun second half of the season. I think the Bears might win, like, two or three games. So, it's not going <laughs> to not gonna be great from a wins and losses perspective, especially when you look at the schedule. But I'm excited to watch it, um, at least, you know, and, and let's pray Justin Fields stays healthy because... You know, it's really all there is to watch right now. Yeah, uh, I just, I I love, uh, I actually enjoyed uh, listening to the commentators the other night just because of what they were talking about as far as fields. Um, Hearing the positive things about our quarterback is unbelievable. Just because that is something that is so not the headline that is associated with Bears uh, football when it comes to that position. It's like you said, it's always negative, right? And yeah, you'll be watching some completely other, two other teams play, some completely different game, and somehow one of the Bears quarterbacks would get mentioned, right? Yeah, and you're like, how did that even come up? But now it's with this different um, lens. It's with... uh, Call it an orange-tinted lens because I'm definitely viewing everything through it right now. It's like the Bears finally have arrived in the NFL, right? <laughs> like, it, it, uh, yeah, every, I've, I've always heard this joke of, like, you watch every other team in the NFL and you turn on the Bears and it looks like they're playing a different sport, right? <laughs> like... Man, the NFL is so much fun, like, when you watch most of the other really good teams and, like, these offenses, like, and it's like, oh, wow, 
we can do that too. Yeah. Like we can complete a pass more than 10 yards down the field. <laughs> Our quarterback doesn't have to just stand there and get pummeled. He can run. Like Oh, he can smoke you. Yeah, like oh man. So, you know, it's it's kind of a weird feeling. It's not really one that we're used to. I mean, it's it sucks that the rest of the team is so bad. Oh. And it sucks so that bad. the salary cap is in such a bad shape that I don't, you know, really see a plan for how they can improve. I mean, the one thing the Bears have going for them is like it seems like the division is kind of crumbling around them. Yeah. Like if Rodgers is going to go. I, I'm, and, uh, by the way, let's talk about that just for a second. Um, of course, uh, you know, Mr. Uh, Schmooze uh, actually looked like a total dick, uh, I thought. I, I enjoyed that, of course, because yes. we, we hate him. But, um, but that transition, um, it was like you were talking about earlier with Jordan Love. Eh, they didn't look that all that great. Packer fans are clinging to him. Yeah. The team is clinging to him. Literally, the GM is kissing his ass. So that's that I firmly believe is going to come to an end at, at, at season's end. Well, like people always talk about the Packers like they're this great organization and they, they're talked about like they're the Steelers or the Patriots. Or, or something like that. And it's like, the reason they've been great for the last 30 <laughs> years is because of the quarterback. Like, yes, it's great that they were able to find back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Incredible job on that. But, like, you've seen when Rodgers goes out, the rest of that team sucks. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, when when you've seen, like, Brett Hundley or Seneca Wallace <laughs> or whoever else has been in games up there, it's like, that is a very ordinary team. Like, so once Rodgers goes, you know... In, unless you're banking on Jordan Love being really good, which I'm not, and I'm not just be- it's bit saying that based on the one game, like he hasn't really shown anything to to you know. I didn't think he was good in college. No, but... I didn't either. I never understood that pick in the first place. So like you know, their future isn't looking bright. If Rodgers goes, the Vikings are a complete mess. They're gonna fire their entire coaching staff, and you know they've got a team built around Kirk Cousins. Which when is Cousins right signed till? Do you know? I, I don't know. I, I think he still has a few more seasons, but you know, it's funny because uh, you talk to just about any Vikings fan, and they're all like, "Yeah, that guy, he's never going to take us to the Super Bowl." Yeah, I mean, he he kind of reminds me of Cutler a little bit in that he's gotten this huge contract, and everybody <laughs> that likes the team seems to hate him. Like, <laughs> you know, like literally all of my Vikings fan friends are always like. God, cousins! I can't believe we gave him that contract. <laughs> like, they're all like that. It's so funny, except it's like, for Charchian. It's, Charchian it's, loves Kirk Cousins. I, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't hate him as much as most people do. I mean, he's definitely got he's he's kind of like that. What we were talking about with Cutler, right? Where he tends to like amplify bad Smoking things happening Jay around him, right? But like, he seems pretty good at times. I mean, he played really well in a playoff game a couple yeah. years ago. I mean, it's kind of, you know... I don't know, with faint I praise, don't know but... what the deal is with him because, yeah, his numbers are usually pretty solid. Um, but, you know, and also, it, he's definitely one of those quarterbacks, though, that uh, tends to put up a lot of big uh, fancy numbers against mediocre or less than kind of teams and, and then, garbage time yeah exactly and when he comes up against uh the truly toughest teams in the nfl his game 
quickly shrinks. Well, it's like Cutler, right? Where, like, he gets to average or, or maybe a little bit above by, like, combining, like, great and then horrible, right? <laughs> like, and it seems like a lot of his really horrible performances tend to come on bigger stages, like, against Cooper Rush a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so, like, you know, I think he maybe gets a bit of a bad rap. I mean, I don't feel bad for him. He's made, whatever, $300 million oh, for yeah. the Vikings. So, you know, I mean, whatever. We've spent enough time on Kirk Cousins. Right. But, like, back to the division, right? So, like, that's the Vikings. They're a mess. The Packers moving on from Rodgers. And then the Lions are the Lions, right? So, right. like, you know, now, it's not that far-fetched to think that the Bears could be competing to win the division next year. It's going to take uh, absolutely. It's going to take a good offseason. You're going to have to plug some holes on this roster. You're going to have to have a really good draft, and you're going to probably have to hit on some sharp free agent signings. But the division so wait, is so so long. So long that. So I think you and I are in agreement that uh, uh, offensive line. Uh, wide receiver, defensive back. Those are the top three needs. Well, maybe not on the line, though. Like, say Jenkins comes back and is good, and then you've got Jenkins, Borum, Daniels, Whitehair, Mustafer. I mean, that's solid, I, I guess. I mean, you're you're banking a lot. We on, don't know. We don't know that at all. You're yet. banking a lot on Jenkins and Borum in that scenario, but, I mean... Borum's looked good, and Jenkins was drafted in the second round, so that's no guarantee. How, how, how has he looked to you so far? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's but, he okay, play. okay. No, no. But putting putting that aside, I mean, it, it doesn't have to necessarily be in that order. I was just saying that those are the top three, okay. the top three sore spots. Uh, it, it, I mean, we definitely need another outside lineman. I, I don't care what anybody says. We still need another tackle, uh, even if. Even if uh, Jenkins and Borum turn out, which I think the possibility of that is not good. No. Uh, but uh, I, I would, I still, at this point, I, I'm still looking at our, our top pick needs to be a tackle. I, I just, that's what I'm seeing. Um, now, if we shifted and decided to go, uh, you know, there was a, a really great cor- uh, corner that fell to that spot. Or I just I don't I, I just still can't see us using um, I can't advocate us using a receiver as a top pick. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think if you if you can get a defensive back, that's probably my. I mean, I would have a hard time going tackle again because you just spent a second round pick on a tackle. But you might have to, honestly. I mean, even if you're starting five offensive linemen, you feel good about them. I mean, how often does the starting five offensive line play the entire season together? Like, that spot is always going to have an injury or two pop up, right? So, you know, that would certainly, you know, be a position that I think they should invest in this offseason. Wide receiver is a big hole to me, but I, I'd never like going and taking wide receivers with high picks. I just don't um, either. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's just always a position that a kind of feels like has a lot of boomer bust potential. And then, like, if you have a great wide receiver, it's not really a guarantee that your team's going to be any good either. Also, right? so, the amount of wide receivers that are yeah. coming out every year now is ginormous. I mean, there's. Uh, I mean, the the. The best wide receiver that we have right now 
um, that seems like he actually is still on the team is Mooney. I, I think that really that's about the only player that anybody would look at and say he's done a good job this year. We don't know what the deal is with Robinson. Uh, I don't think he's coming back to the team anyway, so I think it's a moot point. But, um, yeah, certainly certainly wide out, um, a defensive back, uh, I don't know. Just out of pure necessity, that might be the top position. Yeah, I mean, cornerback really stands out. I mean, other than Jalen Johnson, opposing quarterbacks can go after anybody else in that oh, defensive backfield. It's like, will. pick which guy to shred on. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, Vildor... You know, just, just gets beat down the field at least twice a game, it seems like now. I mean, the book's out on that, right? Like, if you get a fast or a big wide receiver on him, you can send him down the field. And if he's got build or one-on-one, you got to throw the ball to him. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a huge position of need for the Bears. Um, you know, so I, I think we've hit on the big offensive needs. A couple other guys I want to get to real quick before we wrap up here. Jakeem Grant sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he's entertaining, but, man, like, what in the world? So, not only does he... So I texted, I texted Jim last night. So, so hang on. So, not only does he start the game by taking the ball out from eight yards deep and getting tackled at the ten... In the first half later, he lets a punt bounce in front of him at, like, the 40. It bounces, like, 10 (laughs) yards back. And then he's standing next to the ball, and he kicks it. And so that should have been a fumble, technically, if you go by the letter of the law. For whatever reason, the officials didn't see it. And the Steelers, I think, were going to challenge it, but the Bears... you know, got a playoff, so so that probably should have been another turnover. Then later in the game, he takes the ball, has a good return, and then fumbles it, loses the fumble, <laughs> and then the last the last play of the game, when the Steelers kicked off to the Bears with like thirty seconds left to go, he lets a ball land like two yards into the end zone. Like that's the one you don't take back. Wow! Like there's twenty five seconds left. Like you've taken every single kickback this year, and this is the one that you're like, ah, I'm gonna. We'll start this one at the twenty five. Like what in the world? I mean, he's not important at all. Like, Actually, he's, even the announcers were surprised. By like, that he, he's not. He's not gonna be here next year. Although Ryan Pace traded a sixth round pick for him, oh so you know, good good work there. But. Um, man, like he's, he's entertaining at times, but it's just like, uh, what are you thinking? And then the other guy is, is my buddy. What's his name? Uh, Charlie Marsh, Cassius Marsh. <laughs> Cassius. <laughs> Talking about the yeah. dumbest feud in the history of sports wow. is Cassius Marsh arguing with the NFL on Twitter. <laughs> so the Bears. So first of all, I had no idea who that was when the game started. I, I don't think anybody did. We saw him running around, and my buddy looks at me and goes, "Who is that?" And I said, "I don't know." So he looks up fifty nine, and the Bears have a different number fifty nine listed on their active <laughs> roster. So we're like, "Oh, well, it's that guy." And then I see him running around and I'm like well that's not the guy you told me and it's like cash is much okay so the Bears signed him on Tuesday and I don't know what my favorite part of the taunting penalty was <laughs> so the two things I've been debating at are the fact that a he was completely blocked the entire <laughs> play it's not like he came like screaming around the end and beat a block he was blocked for a solid four seconds Roth at the line of scrimmage. Roethlisberger goes to scramble. Marsh finally gets off his block and makes the tackle. 
gets up and then does his karate kick. <laughs> and then in the post-game press conference, he's like, well, that's my signature celebration. I've been doing that my whole career. It's like, who the hell are you? <laughs> like, and then he... He, he, he did... He did his David Lee Roth karate kick. I mean, that that sequence of events might as well jump, jump. Yeah, it's like it's like who is this guy? And you know, I I, I hate the taunting rule. I think it's dumb. <laughs> I think it's a ridiculous point of emphasis. But it's been in existence for ten weeks now. You can't sack a guy and then take seven steps towards the opponent's <laughs> sideline while you're staring at them. That's 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 true. I, while I still think it was unnecessary as far as the ref's uh, call on it, um, it it's, uh, it's still, it's like you said, it is a point of emphasis. Everybody knows that. It was announced at the beginning of the season. Um, not to mention that the officiating was obviously not going well at all to that point. You'd think that the players at a certain stage would be like, okay, guys, they're really picking on us here. We got to, we got to do a little bit better than we normally would. But <laughs> they, uh, yeah, the, the jump up into the David Lee Roth karate kick, I thought was the highlight. Well, that's not why he got the flag. You're <laughs> allowed to do that. I know. But he was, that part was okay. But like, why, why are you walking towards the Steelers sideline then? Uh, because I... A, you're Cassius Marsh, and, <laughs> and B, the league is looking for every excuse to throw a flag on you for taunting. Ah, uh, yes. Go celebrate with your teammates. Go run back to the bench and yell and scream and do whatever you want to do. Don't walk towards the other team's sidelines. Even if you disagree with the rule, which you're, with your whole heart, it's the rule. <laughs> it's like, the rule. you don't have to like it. You just got to follow it. So <laughs> that guy, I mean, whatever. I don't even know if he's going to be on the team next week, right. let alone, you know, for the rest of the year. But... Cassius Marsh, I had no idea who you were going into the game. I probably am not going to remember who you are, but you're an idiot. Your celebration. You have become an official Bears trivia answer, though. Uh, we will make sure and use you plenty of times about 10 years from now. Next time you're going to celebrate a sack, actually do something to beat an offensive lineman instead of having it fall right in your lap. But anyway, so those are the two guys I just wanted to yell at. Um, you know, it's just, you know, you, you, it, it's not a Bears game if there's not at least a couple of moments where you're just trying to, you know, bang your head against the table, right? So, um, that, uh, that wraps it up, uh, for today. Um, obviously we have the, uh, bye week next week, but we will still be here. So, uh, we'll be looking forward to, we're going to bring, we're going to, we're gonna bring a whole new side of the show. Yeah, we're still week. we're still workshopping what we're gonna be doing on the podcast next week. It's gonna be a bit of a fun topic um, that we're still kind of trying to finalize. But with it being the buy, we're not gonna be doing a whole lot of detailed. And there's game going to be a stuff. special surprise. Absolutely. So yeah, thank you for listening, and we'll we'll see you next week. Enjoy a Sunday of no Bears football. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. Thanks for Bears Cat.